Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello and welcome to part two of our discussions with the students and staff of the Southeast Technical College based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We were able to catch up with all of these uh, fine individuals during our recent visit to the South Dakota Society of Professional Land Surveyors, their 40th annual conference in Sioux Falls. Today we'll be talking to Rod Breitling and Beth Cassing, both faculty members at Southeast Technical, and Marie Hoffer, a student in both the land surveying and the civil engineering programs there at Southeast. For more information about Southeast Technical College, please visit their website at southeasttech.edu and search on the Land Surveying Science Technology Program. And now, on to our conversation. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Surveyor Says. This is your host, Tim Birch. And I'm still in Sioux Falls because I've... Besides doing the uh, recording the episode with the uh, with the gents last night, talking about the the program here at Southeast Technical College, um, I went straight to the top, and we've got uh, we've got the two. I'm going to call them the big wigs of the program, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, also joining us today is and. and she hates us because I keep calling her the, the star pupil, but uh, we'll, we'll get through that. So I'm going to go around the table, just give a little introduction of yourself, and uh, tell us your involvement with the program at Southeast Technical College. Yes. My name is Rod Breitling, and um, I, I'm the Land Surveying Science Advisor, and um, this is my 37th year teaching at Southeast. All right, very good. Yeah, I'm Beth Cassing, and I'm the Civil Engineering Technology Instructor, and our programs are very closely related, and so the students are a lot of times the same, and a lot of them end up doing double majors in the end. So we work very closely together. Very good. And yes, Maria, please. So it's Marie. It is Marie. (laughs) Marie Hoover. Okay, I apologize because I kept somewhere I saw it was Maria, and I apologize. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll... Yeah. So I'm a student at Southeast Tech, and currently in my last semester. Very good. Very good. Well, I tell you what, Rod, let's start with you because you've been the the impetus and the force behind this program for for quite a number of years. Uh, tell us a little bit about how the program came about and really what all throughout the, the, the time there, what, what you feel like it's, it has accomplished? Well, um, the Land Surveying Science Program did not actually begin until uh, 2010. Okay. And, and that it was because of um, the state laws changed where we needed 24 credits. And, um, and we did not, there, was, there weren't any schools in South Dakota that actually offered all 24 credits. And so we 
put a proposal together to come up with these classes. We had some uh, meetings with, uh, with the industry people and we sat down and came up with, um, these are the 24 credits that would fit best for what we want here in South Dakota. And um, we, we just, that's how we ran with where we're at today. But it started in 2010. Okay. Well, very good. Ben, what's your role? I know you said the, the civil engineering side of it, but uh, how does this all fit into what, what you oversee? Sure. So be, before the land surveying um, program started, Rod was actually the civil engineering technology advisor. Okay. And our program is very heavily weighted in surveying because that's really what our industry needs and wants in this region. So when the new program started, they need somebody to fill that position of the civil engineering side. And so that's where I fit in. So I was hired when the land surveying program started to basically fill in on the civil side. All right. Marie, let's come back around to you. And, you know, something we had talked about earlier that, and these two can also attest to it, every surveyor has a story of how they got into it. I'm a second generation. My dad dragged me out of bed when I was 16 to, to come out to the field to help him. How did you find surveying in this program? Because uh, I'm, I'm not sure that, uh, that, I, that you even know, do you? <laughs> It's, it's hard for me to answer that. It's kind of a unique situation. Um, so Southeast Tech has a program, Hovland Learning Center, where you take your, you got your GED. Mm -hmm. So I went through that, so I was connected to Southeast Tech. <clears throat> so I reviewed their, uh, their programs after I got my GED and you know, with some advisors, we determined that engineering might be the best way to go. I talked to Beth, and she she <laughs> explained to me how related that is to land surveying and how it merges and how the classes, you know, are, are so alike. So I applied for both programs. And <laughs> I didn't know anything about land surveying. So the first semester was kind of new and rough. <laughs> but I think after my summer internship, I was very sure that this was the right decision, sure. the right path, yeah. Sure. What, what was involved with your, with your summer internship that kind of helped push you, push you further along? What, what were you doing there? Yeah, so we did construction, staking, topos, you know. And a lot of what I, we did during the summer is only now coming back the second year. And I think it's so much easier to, to grasp the con concepts in school, I think. It was a, a big learning curve and it was, you know, applying what you knew and... Sure, sure. Along, you know. Well, and I guess that's been the consistent theme in talking to the students and graduates these, these last couple of days here at the conference is that uh, the practical application that, you're, that you've taught through all of these programs has just really made for a quick transition to the real world. That, you know, that's the one knock on a lot of higher ed right now is you go and you learn something, you get your degree, but then when you go out into the real world, what you thought you got your degree in, it didn't, doesn't really apply, that you're doing something else and you're learning on the job. Whereas here, 
you're taking those skills directly there. And I think that's, Rod, that's probably what you were intending to teach that way. Uh, yeah, you know, I, there's a balance, I, I feel, in, the pro, in all the programs you have to have a certain amount of lab time for them to uh, understand concepts and then and, and get them ready to work. But on the other hand, there's an educational component where I feel like we are teaching for the long term um, for the profession. And we, um, we really, we, we, we seem to gear our students towards taking the FS exam upon uh, the completion of the program. And so there, there's that 50-50 component. You want the students to be ready for work, but you, you still got to have the ac academic part right. of it to go along with it, you know. Absolutely. Well, and Beth, I'll turn to you because, uh, you know, it's, it's always been in, in my experience uh, in surveying is that really a lot of the best surveyors and the best engineers have some cross-training of both both components. So I guess hearing this program and really, especially all of you know all of the, the students that are the double majors, uh, they're setting themselves up for a lot of opportunities for the future. That that's correct because there is a lot of crossover. So maybe somebody comes in and thinks that they would like to do the land surveying program, and then they'll say, "Well, why should I take water wastewater?" And I'll say. Well, are you going to stake a water main? Are you going to ever be involved right. in a, a sanitary sewer project? Are you going to do some, you know, assist with some design or work on some plans for that? So it really is all integrated. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And from talking to the existing students and graduates, the program has really stayed up on top of the technology side in the teaching. How, have you been able to see a, a direct correlation to what what you're going back out and and using in the real world yeah. with what they're with what they're teaching with yeah it was <laughs> identical like you know pretty much um and i say that I, because because historically most programs they've got 10 year old equipment and if, if even that at times and it's really a struggle for a lot of these programs to turn out students that are ready for this. And it sounds like that by what they're teaching on uh, gives you a, a leg up on, on what you're actually going out there and doing in your internships. Yeah, I think we as students love that the equipment at Southeast Tech is so updated. We, <laughs> when new you know, things would come in, like those new GPS units, we all get excited. I think it's, we love it. That's it. You know, that, no, that, that's good. That's real good. That is good. I add on to that. So, uh, Mr. Brightling's done a phenomenal job. I told you this. Yes. That it's taken years to build up the equipment we have, but we, we have phenomenal equipment. We try to have the latest equipment, the latest software, and that means the latest bugs and the latest problems. Right. Right. <laughs> I have to say, our students are extremely forgiving when <laughs> they run into issues with some of that, and you know they are learning along with us. But so some there's some disadvantage to the new technology, but we really embrace it, and they embrace it with us. Well, and that's I guess. Uh, please take note of that, uh, suppliers and dealers and everybody out there. But, uh, a, get the equipment into the student's hands, and B, uh, let them help troubleshoot a lot of this stuff. So, which is, hey, you know, that's one thing I've always said to all of my crews throughout my career is, you know, when it comes to surveying equipment, 
it can work it can work every day for a month straight and then all of a sudden it quits you know for whatever reason so uh, but the fact is that you're you're running with newer things like I said that's really a uh, a testament to your push to make this uh, an effective class uh, an effective curriculum and it's like I said please take note uh, equipment manufacturers <laughs> and dealers that, uh, that uh, the uh, Students really want some of this stuff, and this is the best way to get them into, into the programs. Um, we also have phenomenal support um, with our industry, and so if we are having problems, uh, they'll come in and help us get things um, straightened out or working. So we re really appreciate that as well. And, and another thing, you know what, Tim, there's nothing more horrifying than walking into a class with new technology and really not knowing how to use it. Right. So, you know, that's my motivation to um, go and work during my summers. I mean, to keep current, exactly. you know, with the profession and with the equipment, you know, uh, that to me is just a huge benefit. I think that's almost a, a requirement, you know, yes. for teachers in this industry that we, we need to spend more time you know, those summer breaks, you know, it's nice to take some of that time off. Well, I feel like we just need to spend some of that time in the field just to keep current, you know. Exactly. Well, and I guess I want to go, let me ask you about the curriculum itself because being a two-year program, from what I hear, you're covering a lot of ground in two years that, uh, honestly, I don't think some four-year programs are tr truly covering. So tell us a little bit about the the, the varying subjects within that you're the, the being taught and really what's motive you know what is that end product of that student what do you want them to have accomplished in two years well well okay we got the 24 credits mm -hmm. the 24 credits are, are mostly just surveying classes but then I don't know we have the the main the main core of the classes I think are the same in most schools that teach land surveying but our, our top, or what you call the main three, is we have a boundary law class. I, I don't know how you can become a land surveying student without having those basics in, in law and lot and block and section breakdowns and unwritten title laws and things like that. Okay, so you know that's a very important class. And then our, another class I feel really strongly about is our, we have a class that we call geodetic surveying. Well, nowadays, we can't survey without some background or a lot of background in geodetic surveying. Man, I, anybody can turn on a GPS and, and say here and, you know, what does that mean? You know, without that background and fundamental knowledge of geodetics, you know, we, would, we wouldn't know what we were doing. And then our, our third, we call the big, uh, the big three classes called research and planning. Well, if you're going to go out into the, um, you know, into the world, the industry, well, you got to have some background on research. How do we right. research and what are the legal descriptions and how that all fits together. Very know? good. Well, Maria, of all of those classes, I guess, what, what has stood out to you as some, some favorites? I mean, uh, is there anything that you just said, you know, I really like this that I might not like, you know, I haven't enjoyed this because it's been too tough, but I really enjoyed these other aspects. What's been your favorite part of uh, the curriculum in, uh, in surveying? So of the three that Rod just mentioned, I've only completed one. Okay. And that's uh, geodetics. Um, <laughs> I, I can't tell you what my favorite is at this time. Okay. 
And that's a that's a fair answer. <laughs> but obviously, you've you've enjoyed most of what you've you've been through, or you wouldn't have uh, yeah. wouldn't have stuck yeah. it stuck it out. Uh, in your internships, uh, uh, the work you've done outside of class, what if you know you're going to go do this one uh, task for the day? You you know you like to do that versus you know my, personally my favorite. I could run level circuits for days, and I would be you know just just a pig in mud. Um, what's what's your is there anything that really stands out to go I really like doing that not at the moment I think I don't have enough experience to okay. answer that question to be honest I'm sorry <laughs> no no that, it, that's, a very, that's a very good good answer because I think you know like I said what that what that's showing me is is your willingness to really just want to keep learning and, and keep experiencing all of these things. Yeah. And that's that's to me that's that's a sign of somebody that's motivated and really wants to get after it. <laughs> can can you talk a little bit about the capstone project you do at the end of the first year? And what classes are involved with that? Remind me again what that is. <laughs> <laughs> the campus survey. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> So we do a, a topo survey of, you know, on campus around the building and, you know, all the details you would typically find on a survey like that. And then we, at the end of the first year, we do that with total stations and not GPS. Okay. So we know, you know, get experience with that, setting up, you know, everything you, you know, you need to do. And then we also draw it up in CAD, which would be that side. We learn how to make these maps, well, uh, like all of the features they need to have, all of the information, all of the your arrows, your uh, descriptions, your legends, your figures and lines. So at the end of the first year, the students are required to do a capstone project. And that capstone project... <laughs> It's really a, what they've learned so far in the two year or in the first year, and so they use Civil 3D. They use uh, Total Station, so they go out and they do a um, survey of the campus, and then they download it. And 80% of their lines have to come in automatic, so nice. they have to make sure that they have figures and lines, and then their surface has to be corrected, and um, and then ultimately they have a map when they're done. And it's a huge learning experience. We're so much better at exploring. <laughs> at the end of the school year, we've been doing these, this project for years. At the end of the year, some of the students get so stressed out you know, because you do have to put a lot of extra time in. Right. They not only, you know, during the, during the day, they probably double their hours in lab and then they have to work on this at night. And so sometimes they get a little bit stressed out what motivates us to keep doing it year after year after year is because they come back in the fall and said, man, that project we did last semester was so hard, but I learned so much. I never really understood how the leveling, you know, um, came in, you know, into, you know, the practice or how do you, you know, all the things we were learning until we put it all together in that capstone and you made us, you know, um, get this done in so much time. They come back year after year saying, I learned more on that project than anything we did all year. So we just we keep, up, keep pushing it on. 
And it is, and it does get stressful. You know, sometimes we see tears. I think about every year we see <laughs> tears from somebody. Yeah, it applies saying, everything you learn and just puts it into one well, project. And that's what that's what you want out of a, a, a good educational experience to be able to show you all of those things. And it sounds like uh, this this is hitting on all on all cylinders. Yeah, we call I, it. Yeah, it's called the, it's a capstone project, and and sometimes they you know they take it to their employers, and their employers say. You know, um, man, why can't why can't our serving departments make it look this good? No, okay, we gotta cut that out. That was good. Yeah. That's okay. No, that's fine. I, we take about six weeks, eight weeks to do this final. Pro they take about six or eight weeks to work on this final project. But I never have the heart to tell them uh, yeah. <laughs> that when they go to work, that's probably a day. Yeah. <laughs> Now, do you enjoy the inside portion of all of this? I do. The, the, I do. The drafting yeah. and and putting all this together. Um, what what softwares are you are you have you been working with? Yeah. So we start out with AutoCAD, and then we. I think second semester we go into Civil 3D. And so far, that's all. That's it. I think. Uh, and then this semester. <laughs> this semester we we do GIS. Very good. Learning that. But the semester's just started. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, and that's one thing that you know, I think you're going to consistently hear, you know, even here in South Dakota, talking with Linda Foster, our, our incoming vice president for NSPS, you know, in this merging world of GIS and, and surveying, I think we're going to see more and more of that big data and really sounds like the foundation that's being laid here in this, in this curriculum is setting the stage to be able to handle a lot of that. So uh, I'm gonna keep keep bugging you a little bit there, uh, Marie. Okay. Uh, what's the future hold for you? What are you looking for getting through school and what any kind of even short-term career goals you'd like for yourself? You know, I hold myself to a certain standard and I think I just, at the end of the day, I just want to be proud of the work I did, and I want to feel like it meant something, and I hope to be a professional in this field one day. Yeah, that's that's good. That is good. Uh, I will ask. The, I, I do have to ask the almost say somewhat the tough question. You are a woman in a male-dominated field. Uh, how how does that fit within uh, your outlook of? I mean, does it? Does it motivate you to have to uh, to to continue to to go? It does. It does. I personally have never had a problem with that, and I didn't enter this field thinking, you know, I'm more special than anyone else. Um, but I've I've noticed a little difference, you know, and it's from my experience, it has never been bad. I do think it makes you stand out maybe a little bit more to potential employers or well because I'll, I'll say in, in my experience and this is coming out of industry and working with men and women in fact the last job I had I had I had two PL two female PLS's that I'd take them hands down over a, a room full of, of, of male PLS's because it's just it's a different mindset it's a different way of attacking things and uh, I think the way the the surveying is today with the, the technical competence and the things that you're doing, 
you found a good you found a good niche, and uh, so and so it and it really sounds like what everybody is, uh, has been telling me about the program and what you've been able to put together that uh, yeah you found your niche. Um, I think women have a lot to offer to this field. Agree. My my opinion. Agree. <laughs> yep. Well, I appreciate the time it you've taken to, to put all this together. I guess the one thing I'd kind of like to leave all of this is the is the future of the program and the fact that Roger stepping away, stepped away, stepping away. I mean, you're you're still around. Uh, this program, with all of its good things, is going to need some good, competent teachers to, to, to step into some pretty big shoes. Pretty big. Pretty big <laughs> shoes. Uh, but bottom line is, is that uh, it's a great program. You've turning, you're turning out a bunch of great students uh, for a, a, a future profession that just seems like it's limitless at this point. Um, Anything you'd like to add as far as uh, highlights of the program that would, like I said, that elevator pitch on coming to work for Southeast Technical? Well, you know, in 2016, we were nominated as one of the top 10 land surveying science programs in the, in the country by ENCs. You know, to, mm -hmm. to me, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Um, and so, you know, I would like everybody to know, you know, it's, it, it is a good program. It, you know, maybe we are in this small little state, this small little, you know, school, but it's it's a big time program. As far as teaching, you know, I made a couple of decisions in my life that uh, I'm very very happy and proud of. Number one is, you know, back when I met my my wife, who I'm still, you know, my married to today, and and then I think back to that, you know, that August date in 1986 when I started teaching. You know, I, I get to this point and I'm glad I made that decision to, to you know, to, to try this career. And um, I'm just going to say that um, these are some of the decisions I'm glad I made and, and they were good decisions for me. Very good. Beth, anything to add about the... No, I just think... Um, great place to work? Yeah, it is, a, it is a great place to work. We, you know, we've been... Have, discussing this position for a long time because we knew that it would be a very hard position to fill. And um, most of the time schools, when they're looking at closing programs or suspending programs, it's because they don't have enough students. Well, we have enough students. We just don't have an instructor. Right. <laughs> so it's just as heartbreaking <laughs> yes. when you look at the equipment and the curriculum and the students. Um, you know, to not have somebody step up yet. So we're just really hoping that somebody will so we can continue it and we'll do everything we can to make sure that it continues. Yeah, that's good. Beth, you said something yesterday about how the students want to be there. Maybe you can repeat that. <laughs> the students want to be in class. Oh, I love, te yeah, I love teaching at Southeast Tech and I, I was saying yesterday that the, I, I feel like it's the best teaching ever because then you have less classes than in high school, and you're not at a university where you need to do research. Right. And so we're right at that perfect spot where we work with industry, and the students pick the program, so they really want to be there. Exactly. So it's, just, it's like the best of all worlds. Well, very good. Uh, Marie, do you, have, do you already have employment lined up? 
after all this is said and done? I do. I do. And that's a testament to the profession and to the program in my, in my mind. And, and to the person behind all of it. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, uh, well, and it should be said that uh, she's the top scholarship award winner for South Dakota this year, and uh, it sounds like it's very well deserved. So uh, we, we wish you the best in your career. Thanks. I think we'll probably hear a lot more uh, from you down the road. And uh, like I said, uh, check the show notes. We're going to put some links to the college and to some great information about the college. Um, yeah, this is a, I won't say it's a diamond in the rough because it's, uh, there's nothing really rough about uh, South Dakota. So Sioux Falls is a great, seems like a great town, a great place to be. And uh, I think it'd be a great opportunity for someone that would want to come and teach a bunch of fantastic students. So well, that'll wrap us up for this, this edition of Surveyor Says. I'd like to thank uh, Rod, Beth, and, and Marie for joining me and uh, <laughs> all the gents that uh, joined me last night in the, in the previous episode. Uh, this has been a wonderful experience. And uh, go southeast. we got to keep this thing going. Yeah. Thanks. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says Podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.